All right, cool. All right, we hope you enjoyed that episode of that. And um, let's start again. <laughs> Got a beard in, it's looking something fierce. Having beers with my beers and talking rap careers. Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears. Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears. I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas. I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers. Chilling after shows and talking about the pain with people who learned how to face it and be sane. On a brew, doing interviews. No topics off the table, but we focus on breakthroughs. So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check. You're listening to Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. Welcome to this episode of Brews, Beers, and Shipwrecks. I am Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus, also known as Jamie Bennett, and I am here with my fine and fresh co-host. What's up, man? Say your name. Nomadic Vagabond, Vagabond, Vagabond. <laughs> We're just big on the hype, you know? Uh, we know how to introduce each other, don't we? You, you know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm bad at introducing myself, but I love introducing other people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're each other's hype man you know what i'm saying you know that's that's it that's it you know uh i i used to joke with a buddy of mine that for a while we were like each other's um you know life coaches oh yeah like if you like if you imagine a life coach you know you pay this life coach to hype you up but what if you had a friend that that like you did that for them and they did that for you mm, yeah <laughs> it's true right that's just those everyday texts you know what i'm saying i'm telling you it's in fact it's it's even what's that i said you just a text you got this son i'm telling you i'm telling you and and in a sense that's what um podcasts that are hosted by two people do they just kind of boost each other you know keep it going and uh as such we've been keeping a more regular schedule which i'm pretty excited about yeah um been trying to create that that steady content uh for the listeners of the brews beards and shipwrecks podcast uh what exactly are you drinking tonight man well my friend my brother i've been inspired <laughs> by you okay while i did have some uh i was sipping a, a sparking rosé earlier um i am sipping an athletic brewing oktoberfest beer Ooh, now tis the season it is the season. I should actually be drinking <laughs> the, the Stein, you know, but, you know, um, I've been easy sipping out of the can. You know what I'm saying? But it's good. Nice. You know? um, nice. It's crisp and clean and malty, just like an Oktoberfest should be with um, some slight breadiness, just like you get from eating a pretzel. Ooh, that sounds nice. Um, you know, yeah, I dig it, dude. I dig it. And. In fact, it seems like a pretzel would go really great with an Oktoberfest beer. I I, uh, I actually just got invited to an Oktoberfest gathering that I had to decline uh, because it's tomorrow night and I won't be around. But man, I'll tell you what, nothing like uh, a brat on a pretzel roll with an Oktoberfest beer to wash it down. So what are you sipping man, on? It's that time of year. <laughs> I am sipping on... The Run Wild from Athletic. It's their blue IPA. 
Um, it's one of my one of my go tos, one of my favorite IPAs, and uh, you know it is non alcoholic, so you don't have to worry too much. But I will say this: Gregory enjoys my one year old enjoys seeing me sip on it, and he always asks me for a little sip. And uh, that boy, he likes the taste of hops. I believe it's in the genes. It's in the genes, man. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, you know, athletic does a good job, and I think uh, they're one of those breweries as far as they've taken non-alcoholic beer to actually tasting like beer you know yeah totally they totally have they've they've pioneered um a new way of appreciating beer and i just noticed too uh they're they're upside down the golden um yeah that one uh, not only is it really good but i just noticed that it's also brewed to reduce or eliminate gluten and so uh, that could be an option for listeners who maybe have a little difficulty uh, drinking regular beer, kind of like the omission beers. If you've ever had yeah, those, yeah, they're brewed. Um, you know, they're they're brewed with like real beer yep. ingredients, so like gluten-containing ingredients. But the way they process it, somehow it makes the gluten particles drop out, so that like people with celiac and things like that, generally speaking, can have them. Now it's. It's one of those like proceed at your own risk things, right? Because uh, they can't call it gluten free. They can't guarantee that there's like zero gluten in there. But for people that struggle with that, it's an yeah, option. It's actually, um, well, gluten reduce is the term they use, but it's brewed by Widmer mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. here in Portland. Yep. Oh, it's by Widmer. Yep. So Word. yeah, they've got, they've got yep. the gluten free and then they have the non-alcoholic gluten reduced version as well. So you know that's cool if if i remember correctly widmer uh does or used to do um they used to contract out and do kona's beers um for the west coast as well the kona brewing company beers do you know anything about that yeah so they're part of a thing it's called the the cba so it's the craft brew alliance so mm-hmm. it's um red hook brewing out of washington widmer out of portland and kona out of kona hawaii so they're kind of a trifecta okay. so yeah nice well th- there was a time when uh kona was independently owned and operated and all of that stuff um and and when when i was living in uh when i was living on the big island i used to go down to the brewery itself a lot and that was really cool but there was one of the few places that you know, like Hawaii is like about the only place I think you can get Kona beer that's actually brewed in Kona. Um, okay, makes sense. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, it'd be a pain in the butt to have to ship all those grains to Hawaii, brew them, and then ship it back in bottles. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Did you ever go to Maui Brewing? Uh, so I, n- I never went to their brewery, but uh, I had actually been in an uh, I was a winner of a social media contest when I lived in Hawaii with Maui Brewing. And they sent me a I think it was them. So somebody uh, I was definitely had a Maui beer in. You know what? I take it back. I had a Maui beer in a social media thing, but it was a different brewery that announced me the winner. But, uh, man, my heart gets all kinds of warm thinking about Maui Brewing Company, and especially that coconut porter. That thing is fantastic. Oh, so good. So good. It's like I like that. And then the the pineapple wheat they do. 
Ooh, I don't know if I've had the pineapple wheat. No, it sounds awesome. like you need to get a gift package in the mail. You know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it it uh, it also sounds like we have actually been talking about beer quite a bit um, because you know that's the first name of our mm-hmm. show. Um, but our our show deals with a lot of other things too, and um, today is a special episode where we are actually right now we're introducing the episode uh we're not fully present in the episode yet the fullness is to come uh today we're actually going to be playing an interview from a few years ago uh i was on a show called everyday orthodox with elisa bielitich and uh, one of the fun facts about elisa is she was on this show um around the same time that i was on hers and she talked about uh, what it was like raising kids, um, stuff like finding a church, so the practical stuff, and then some really heavy stuff, you know, because what do we talk about here? We talk about the difficult stuff in life, the shipwrecks. And she faced a major one, and that was losing her infant son. And so on our show uh, from November 3rd, 2019, it's in the archives, you can look it up. Uh, She talks about all those things and talks a little bit about how dark and difficult that period in her life was. And, you know, the questions that she raised, like, why would God let this happen? You know, so there's some really good stuff on that episode and she gets very real with us. So I highly recommend if you enjoy the conversation I have with her on this episode, go back and find find that other one. Um, But today's episode was actually suggested from Nomadic. He suggested that this be the the next one we run. And uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. What made you feel that way? What made you want to run this show? Um, I just really, I really enjoyed it. And I felt having listened to the other one, it's like people haven't heard. There's probably a lot of our listeners who, I mean, don't know what ancient faith is maybe do but being able to kind of get the other side of that so for you know us who are you know middle-aged people we we remember you know the single you know what i'm saying so you'd have the a side and the b side you know what i'm saying or a taper vinyl song so i feel like um these are two you know the you know two sides of the same coin so it's like you get the other side of the story or you know you know Instead of you being in the yeah. interviewee's chair, you're in the interviewer's chair or vice versa. So you get two different sides of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Because she she was a guest on this show. We interviewed, or I, I guess it was before you were the co-host. So I interviewed her. And then I was on her show. She interviewed me. Now, now one thing that makes her show a little different than mine, for, for one thing, it's a live show. And so we actually had the ability to take calls. I, um, I don't think any calls actually came through because there were some technical difficulties um there might have been a call on there I, I i don't remember for sure but uh we on the first episode we had a little difficulty now here's the great thing um down the road we may run another conversation i had with her um on the show and the calls did work for that one so what's fun about this conversation is it kind of came at a time when I was on the road and I was traveling and doing some performing. I, I think I may have even had a, a release party there in Austin, Texas. So I was physically with her in the studio when we recorded this conversation. And um, 
and at that time there was a lot of royal ruckus music coming out we had a series of eps and and so there was just a lot of great stuff to talk about and get into all right so without further ado let's go ahead and hear from elisa and let's get into this conversation you are listening to a re-aired episode of a conversation from the podcast everyday orthodox a live show that airs on ancient faith radio Welcome to Everyday Orthodox. It is August 18th, 2019, and we are live on Ancient Faith Radio. I'm Elisa Bielitich, and we are here from my studios outside of Austin, Texas, and I have a live guest in the studio, which is very, very exciting. <laughs> Not just talking over the phone, but actually in person with Jamie Bennett. I'm super excited. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's so good to be here and not just on the show, but in person. Yeah, it's really yeah. fun. It yeah. is really nice to have you here. Jamie yeah. comes to Austin every once in a while. So it's true. Uh, I was it's like, true. Jamie, next time you're in town, come on by. It's been it's been really good to see him. I'm so and glad it worked out. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, it worked out so yeah. nicely. Uh, and we'll tell you why it worked out so nicely, because <laughs> uh, there's actually a whole story to how we set this date first and then found out that it was right. exactly the right time for Jamie to be in Austin, Texas. Yeah. So it worked out great. But uh I want to remind you, our listeners, that we are always here just getting to know different Orthodox people. It's kind of an easygoing conversation, and you're welcome to join it. Call in and talk to us. If you've got any questions, any comments, feel free to call live on, um, it's going to be 1-855-AF-RADIO, 1-855-237-2346. Bobby Maddox is here. He's engineering and and screening your phone calls. And uh, of course, we've always got our chat room open. It's ancientfaith.com slash radio slash live so you can come online and chat or you can just give us a call and and ask us and chat with us we would love that (laughs) so uh without further ado i want to introduce you to jamie so jamie bennett where are you from where where, who are you oh that's such a complicated question but uh I'll, i'll try not to complicate it no i'm originally from california uh i came here um from south florida though Okay. So I've I've lived a few places in the country, but uh, one of my childhood good friends and a, a longtime music partner, uh, he lives in Austin, and so I try to get through and see him from time to time. Excellent. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, some of you may know, Jamie's famous online, like on the Facebook <laughs> world, on Twitter. People know who Jamie is because he's like, there aren't a lot of us Orthodox people out true. there. We're kind of That's a smaller true. community. And Jamie's the admin on some popular uh, groups, including Orthodox Hipster Coffee Hour. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I've been in it's the Hipster group for a long time. Actually, back yeah. before that was its name, which is why I sound tentative when I'm saying <laughs> it. <laughs> but, uh, right. But so, I still call it the wrong name. That's right. So, <laughs> so you... Um, would have grown up in Bakersfield, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, like land of Dwight Yoakam and all kinds of... Right. Like, there are all kinds of good stories out of Bakersfield, I right. feel like. You know? Yeah, ba- Bakersfield, uh, I love Bakersfield. It's amazing. But it's not necessarily somewhere that you would, like, pick on a map to go for vacation. Right. You know, fair. That's it, fair. It's somewhere yeah. you go if you know someone or have a reason to be there. Well, yeah. or if it's you're driving place. to Los Angeles and you have to pass through Bakersfield sometimes Often, on your way to the, yes. the grapevine or whatever. You yes. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of people do. Like, that's actually probably the most common thing I get when people hear them from Bakersfield. Oh, yeah. I stopped there once. Yeah. You know. Yeah. When I was a kid, <laughs> we would drive to LA. You always had to go through Bakersfield. Right. My dad was uh, worked in the wine industry, insulating wine tanks. He always had jobs oh, in Bakersfield. Nice. There was yeah. a lot going on there. Yeah. 
uh, in those awesome. industries. But it's not like a place you would go to visit a winery. It's right, a place where right. there's like a factory making sure. the cheap wine. And, and, and they grow. Uh, actually, most of the nation's carrots come from Bakersfield. Fun fact. There right? you go. I love carrots. <laughs> Thank you, Bakersfield. Thank you so much. We're happy to give that gift to the world. So, <laughs> so your friend who is a musician here in Austin is yeah. also from Bakersfield. You both yeah. grew up there? Yeah, we grew, we grew up there. We went to the same uh, non-denominational church growing up. Okay. And we went to the same schools. We were a couple years apart, but uh, so you know we didn't we didn't become close friends until we started doing music together. But okay. we've been doing music together two decades now. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that is great. So you grew up in a non denominational church. How do you end up Orthodox after that? Yeah. So I I think a big part of it was the sense that there was a true um, lasting thing that Christ established. And that that thing persevered through all of the centuries. And uh, I, I'm very grateful for how I was raised. I do not mean to disparage in any way, you know, the non-denominational church I grew up at. Um, however, there was a sense where, for me, I think church history started in, you know, the 1960s or whatever, when our church was founded. Right. And that's simply not the case. The church, you know, the church was established by Christ himself 2,000 years ago. So it was sort of a, a looking for and wrestling with that and what all that means. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And I think uh, it's important to point out that a lot of us have converted to the faith, myself included, and I grew mm-hmm. up non-denominational. And, uh, you know, it's not at all a commentary. To, it's not me saying, oh, that non-denominational... Not non-denominational church. I can still say it. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm Orthodox now. I can't even say that word. Um, it could be a mouthful. But uh, it, it's not at all that I disrespect it. But it, right. I feel like there's right. something bigger that I embraced, and I'm so grateful for having that beginning because that's what told me that Christ was the Son of God and that I needed to chase after His church. Right. Um, I think yeah. there can be years when we first convert where we're like mad at. At, at right. our upbringing, right, right. right? Like, oh, my dumb parents didn't even know about orthodoxy. <laughs> they never took me there. And there's right. a way we can be angry at first, I think. Right. But as you get older and as you start to see like, oh, you know, God was calling me through that and thank yeah. God for that. Well, I think I think for me, uh, you know, I had spent some time flirting with other Protestant theologies and I'd gone through several different groups after my upbringing before orthodoxy. So when I came to Orthodoxy, I'd been weird enough and frustrating enough to the people that like me and love me that I kind of <laughs> actually didn't tell many people when I joined the church. I kept it kind of quiet for a long time because I didn't want to burn any more bridges. I'd already burned them, you know, right. like. Right. Um, but I, I do want to add, you know, one thing that was important to me in my journey, too, was actually my mother's journey. You know, we our, my family had come out of Mormonism, actually, uh, uh. when I was little. And we we. I think I was like three when we left the Mormon faith. Uh, and that had gone all the way back to like the 1850s with um, my father's side of the family. Wow. And in that whole process, though, you know, Mormonism teaches that the true faith fell from the face of the earth with, when the apostles died out, more right. or less, right? and had to be restored. And I think there was a, a really instilled in me when I was a kid was that, well, that story is not correct. And that ah. Christ had established something and given the faith, and there were always Christians. Um, what I didn't do until I became an adult was go, well, where were those Christians? Boy, that is yeah. really interesting. Because I think yeah. in a lot of ways, that's a narrative that is not just the Mormon narrative, right? Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that it's while, the, while Protestant Christians around the United States aren't looking to Utah for the for the next right, great birth right, of right. Christianity or of, of religion. They 
are, I think, in many ways, a lot of people feel like at the at the Reformation, you know, sure. when Martin yeah. Luther burst forth, then all of a sudden it was like, oh, good, Christianity's back. Right. Now that we have Bibles in every house, right. now that there's a printing press, we can be Christians. Right. And we couldn't be for all those years. We were just right. lost in darkness. You know? we, we, yeah, right. That's, that is the narrative, right? Yeah. Like, and suddenly, uh, you know, Martin Luther had the guts to stand up for what had been forgotten. Right. You know, but it... I mean, even Luther wouldn't appreciate that narrative, right? So, right, absolutely, absolutely. You know, but that's often how it's how it's yeah. put. But that's so. interesting that Mormonism takes that to such an extreme. Sure. That exactly. for your mom's experience and in her journey, she came to understand that's just a falsehood. Right. And that that's right. really what brought you to Orthodoxy. Yeah, yeah. How interesting. Yeah, the seeds were planted very young. Ah, yeah. that's really. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. That's an, inter- that's an interesting question. How does Mormonism create more Orthodox people in this in this slow but sure way? Well, it, it, it's interesting uh, because I've shared that portion of my journey, uh, which is more, you know, the Mormon story is more of my family's story, not sure. mine. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, 10 years ago, there were, it seemed like anyway, there were so few converts to Orthodoxy from Mormonism that I think somehow I've gotten... Uh, pigeonholed in some internet circles as the guy to go to about Mormon conversion to orthodoxy. And I'm simply not. But uh, because of that, though, I've encountered a number of of people who have made that journey or are curious. And it's a really interesting development right now. That is very interesting. I can yeah. see that, though, being online and someone says, I'm a Mormon thinking about orthodoxy, and everybody starts tagging Jamie Bennett. Jamie, right. yeah. Jamie, quick, come tell them all about True it. story. And you're like, I don't know. I was only three. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, yeah. I remember the primary class. You right. know? <laughs> I think the juice was good. Right. You know? They had very good juice. The crackers, not as good. But the not juice, as good. fantastic. Right. <laughs> Well, so so you're growing up, you're thinking about orthodoxy, but first you have to go through all the other things and right. be obnoxious to your friends and family and say, I yeah. found it, I found it. Never yeah. mind, I found it this time. Never yeah. mind, I found it. Yeah. So how long ago did you become orthodox? When was that? How old were you? So it, it was a decade ago, um, and that was after probably five or six years of really struggling with the claims of the Orthodox Church. Um, I had been a Calvinist. Uh, let's let that one oh, out. So ouch. that's hard. And, that's a hard life. <laughs> that's a hard life. The frozen chosen. No, and, and like to to go from Calvinism to orthodoxy, there are a lot of steps in between. And I think for me, uh, that letting like reconfiguring my understanding of God mm-hmm. from the strong predestinarian God to I don't I don't want to raise a straw man, but you know, like, right. but to whatever orthodoxy, to whatever orthodoxy is, yeah. is yes, it, it, it was a journey. Let us not summarize difficult. orthodox theology. We'll just say not predestinarian. Right. Yeah. 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 And it, it was it was quite the journey. And then when I finally came in, I still had some uh, what I would call niggling issues mm-hmm. over pre- predestinarian type stuff. Uh, but I kind of forgot what, what you asked me. But where I'm going with this is that. You know, I kind of dove into just the life of the church and started going to services. And the things I didn't understand uh, were a lot of more like exegetical. Like, right. what does this Bible verse mean? What does this chapter mean? What does this text mean? Um, and I had to sort of tell my brain to just chill out, mm-hmm. trust the church, mm-hmm. and trust the reading of the Holy Fathers. And when I was able to do that and then going to the services, it sort of... It actually did transform my thinking right. completely, and it oh. really is. It's a leap of it's a leap of faith, literally. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's trust. It's right. trusting the fathers, trusting the church, yeah. and trusting that 
in some way, this all is going to make sense and giving yourself time right. to grow Absolutely. into it. And it's so opposite of where yeah. you've been trained. When you're when you're yeah. growing up as an American Protestant in general, right. it is so much, you know, here's a litmus test for figuring out if somebody's really a Christian right. and if this is okay. And you're, you know, undoing it is hard. Right. And how about right. Mary? How were you with Mary? That, it was that just, was... We just celebrated Holy Dormition. Right. It's a good time to ask. How, was Mary, uh, that how was, was your first Dormition? That was difficult. Yeah. That was difficult. Um, you know, uh, this is just a practical thing that I kind of made up, and I don't necessarily recommend making up your spirituality as an Orthodox Christian. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was encouraged by my priest to, you know, go slowly, but with an open heart. And... Uh, I had already been accustomed to praying the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I made a little tweak to that, Lord Jesus, Son of God, Son of Mary, have mercy nice. on me, a sinner. And praying that over and over every day for a while made me comfortable with the idea of having the Theotokos at least mentioned in my prayers. Right. And then it was easy to go the rest of the way eventually. Yeah, I think it's a it's a very personal thing to try to work out. Yes. I feel like... Yeah, I read Orthodoxy and Heterodoxy by Father Andrew mm-hmm. a while back. It's an ancient faith publication, actually, and it, it's wonderful. It's a good book. And he goes through, he's describing like what all the different denominations are teaching and, yeah. and trying to explain what's happening in Christianity. The beautiful thing about it is that for me, it started to unfold like this story of kind of what demonic influence on Christians has done is what it felt like. It was like, oh, and then, <laughs> then you know, he pulled these guys away this way and he pulled those mm. guys. It's not how Father Andrew wrote it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't it's think he puts it that way. It's not at all what Father but... <laughs> Andrew intends. But just when I was reading it, I was just sure. sort of like, oh, it's like we're throwing away this and we throw that away. And he can never really get us away from Christ, but yeah, he can get yeah, us away yeah. from Mary for sure. And he right. can get us away from other things. Right. And, uh, you know, it's every, everybody has their own way of trying to heal that. Right. That growing up with that sort of distrust and that pain yeah. about not being able to accept her. Right. And uh, for, for me, I also made up a prayer. I was like, oh, did you? I would come into church and I could look at the icon of the Theotokos and I could say, um, I had seen it somewhere. I think it's in a prayer of St. Basil sure. the Great, but I would paraphrase it. And it was just this idea like, okay, Mary, God has given you a bucket and Jesus fills it up with his mercy and you can pour that mercy onto me. Like Mm, God keeps giving you mercy and you can pour it. And it's really Christ's mercy and you're just pouring it on me. And it was like somehow that when I could get comfortable with her pouring God's mercy on me, it was like, (laughs) you're the mercy pourer. Like, why wouldn't I like you? (laughs) That should be an icon. (laughs) The Theotokos, the mercy pourer. That's how you'll know that we have American Orthodoxy, (laughs) really, is that we'll start having mercy pourer icons all over the place. I like it. (laughs) Just just to help the non-denominationals in. Right. Right. uh, So, okay, so you come into the church. We're, We're... I guess what we've kind of missed is like what specifically, how did you go from being a Calvinist to deciding that, sure. how did you even hear about Orthodoxy? Well, I, th- I think it was transitional for me in the Anglican church. So okay. I was looking for something more rooted in history and something more liturgical, uh, dabbled a little bit in Lutheranism and I never right. became a Lutheran or anything. I got the tattoo, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then then, you know, I, I ended up in an Anglican church, and probably if I hadn't ended up in such a beautiful community, I would have actually become Orthodox sooner. But I ended up there, and it was like there was enough rooting in history and enough rooting in Protestantism that I didn't have to go anywhere. Right. And so, although I will say almost immediately when I became Anglican, I started struggling with the claims of the Orthodox Church. 
And it turned out I had actually known some Orthodox people and I just hadn't quite realized it. One of my friends was converting at the time. And then it was like everywhere. Um, And I couldn't get Mm -hmm. enough Orthodox theology books. You know, I kind of nerded out a little bit. Um, But yeah, it it was really that process. And, um, you know, there were some moves involved. I I was living in Nashville doing music uh, at the time. And I was, I actually remember telling a buddy from church, uh, from the Anglican church, that if he kept pushing me on the issue of Luther, because every time I bring up Luther, he'd give me pushback because he was a good Anglican. And uh, he said, um, you know, I basically told him that if he kept pushing me, I was either going to become Lutheran or Orthodox. He said, well, Jamie, I know where that's going to end up. And I, I didn't think the conclusion was correct, but Turns out he was right. So ah, he had some uh, insight. <laughs> yeah. So so I moved to Hawaii at one point, and oh. uh, when I was living in Hawaii, I s- started attending the Orthodox mission. And there, there's an OCA mission in Kailua Kona, Hawaii, and that's where I ended up getting baptized. Ah, so, it's beautiful. Yeah. Excellent. So you were in Nashville doing music. What kind of music were you doing? So I'm a rapper. Uh, you can totally tell by uh, listening to me. I just have all the all the things that rappers <laughs> talk about. You know, sound like. All the hot slang, I have it all. No, that's a joke. Um, I am really a rapper, though. So in in uh, Nashville, we had uh, gotten signed to a Christian record label, and we were doing music there in Nashville. We put out one record with the label and went on a few tours and had a great time. It was incredible. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So what? So you were just straight rap? Were you Christian rap? It was a Christian label? Yeah. You know, I think we've, over the years, it was a Christian label. Over the years as a group, we've we wrestled with, like, are we Christians who rap or are we Christian rappers? Mm-hmm. And I I think the landscape in that regard is a little different these days. I think they're most Christian rappers are rappers who are Christian now. Okay. When I was doing it, it was different. It was it was like you had to be a preacher rapper. Mm-hmm. And we never really wanted to be preacher rappers. Right. You know, we wanted to use our art to positively impact people and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But we never set out to uh, be preacher rappers, and we didn't set out to be Christian entertainers per se. Right. But you know, as these things go, uh, a lot of the things that were opening up to us were in the Christian world. And of course, we started in high school. We were right. youth group kids, <laughs> so we kept doing what we saw, and we took the you know the doors that opened to us, and and it was a really great experience. And uh, but I, I I will say we did kind of pigeonhole ourselves, and so. Like when our record came out on the label, uh, you know, we felt like we had something to say, but we really felt like we were supposed to be saying it to the mainstream, to the general audience, not simply Mm -hmm. to other Christians. And the way the Nashville Christian scene is built is you're marketing Christian music to other Christians. Right. So what we started doing there was like, well, let's talk about how art is supposed to be done. And I, we might have shot ourselves in the foot by every time we had a magazine or radio interview, talked about how this whole industry was not how it's supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> we, we, we might have gotten ahead of ourselves. Maybe we needed to establish yeah. that maybe platform Maybe you need to be first. the big star first. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was, I was 22. I didn't, know, I didn't know what to do. But it, but People it was great. love it it's when great. 22-year-olds go on the air and start telling them how to do their business. Right. They, they're totally like, oh, we never thought of that. Yeah. yeah we're going to do it so your much. way. You're right. You're all about real art. And you're just a bunch of jerks. <laughs> the guy it. from Bakersfield, California comes to Nashville and single-handedly <laughs> fixes Christian music. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Oh, 
That's awesome. Yeah. That, well, this is why I had to become orthodox to uh, shrink myself down a little bit. There you go. <laughs> I must decrease. <laughs> <laughs> so, well. so what did your music sound like back then? Was it like were all of the songs clearly about Christianity, or were were no. they allowing you even to do songs that were just that didn't happen to be about Christianity, but were performed by Christians? Yeah, and I I think we actually, in a small way, um, we actually had a small impact on other artists that ended up doing similar things. Um, I won't name any names, but I started seeing some of the bigger Christian rappers doing songs just for fun, just to make people laugh. And that's something that we did all along. We always had comical songs. Um, We liked girls, you know, and dating. And like, so we'd (laughs) rap about that and like art. Our, our, our rap songs about girls were always like squeaky clean and like in the mainstream that sets us apart, but it also set us apart in the Christian world because no, I'm, I mean, Amy Grant got boycotted in the nineties for right. baby, baby. Right. Like she wrote a love song about her husband, like, and got in trouble over it. Like, so, <laughs> you know, like w- we actually had, uh, you know, our, our record with the label was a lot of fun, but there were a lot of points where they had us change the lyrics or de-emphasize things. I used to have this quirk. I used to talk about the singer Mandy Moore and having a crush on her. It was just a half joke, half real. Uh, we actually got told I couldn't mention her anymore on songs because I mentioned her too many times. So, oh, wow. you know, there were little things like that. Does anyone object to you mentioning Taylor Swift a lot now? Or is that? Not yet. But not yet. The, if I do it in any more songs, it's going to happen. It's so. going to be too much. You've hit your, <laughs> we've hit the Taylor Swift limit now. I think so. I think so. <laughs> well, we're here oh, with Jamie goodness. Bennett. I want to remind you that you're welcome to call in at one five one eight five five af radio That's one eight five five two three seven two three four six. 237 2346 And uh, so, so, Jamie, I want to hear a little bit more about, so what's the, what happened? after that you go to hawaii yes you yeah. become orthodox yes you're not loud about it because you're done irritating people right. with all of your many <laughs> religious sure. ev- evolutions yeah and uh, you just decide to be quietly orthodox for a while yeah um do you make a living as a rapper is that the only thing you're doing or what no. else were you doing no yeah we we did that uh you know we definitely did that professionally for a while but by this point uh we'd gone on to do you know regular jobs and things and I was an elementary school teacher uh, at one point, ah. and yeah, that that was that was great fun. Uh, I dabble in it here and there. I teach Sunday school now, um, but yeah, basically, I started working as a technical writer and doing that kind of thing, and had had moved to Hawaii, and so I'm doing all of that stuff um, where I'm kind of s- settling into the idea that I could live anywhere. Okay. Right. Nice. And that facilitated a lot of great stuff. And that also eventually would give our music career like a second wind because now I could do it on nights and weekends. Of course, the Internet's getting better yeah. and faster. We can now collaborate on Dropbox. Like, you right. know, there's a lot of great stuff happening yeah. that made it possible. Yeah, all of a sudden everybody can be scattered around the country and still yeah. working. Yeah. So is it just the two of you now? Is it your yes. okay? And yeah. what's the name of your friend in Austin? Uh, Mike Walker. Mike yeah. Walker. Yeah, and I don't think I've even said our group name. We're Royal, right. Royal Ruckus. Royal Ruckus. Has yeah. it been Royal Ruckus all along? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I didn't realize that. It's the same group. Same group. Yeah. I I actually Royal Ruckus was uh, originally an idea I had. I wanted to be a, a producer. And that was going to be Royal Ruckus Productions was going to be my production company. 
And uh, this is all in my like 15 year old that's awesome. fantasy. That's a good name though, a royal record. Thank you. I, I like it. I think it's fun. It's catchy. Yeah, memorable. totally. But yeah, but when we were starting the group, we actually were not trying to start a real rap group. It was a joke. And <laughs> we were trying to figure out what to call ourselves as we were living room rappers, essentially. And I said, well, I've got this thing that I say. There's I, a big production company that right. I'm starting <laughs> as a 15-year-old. Exactly. I have a, that's how, I mean, they, I have a, I have kids that age. I know how to right. I have a production company. It's called Royal Ruckers. They've got spreadsheets uh, and everything, yeah, I'm sure. Exactly. You know? Right? Like, I, I I could write on letterhead if I needed to. I could totally make that happen on my word yeah. processor. So let's yeah. uh, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so Membership cool. cards, the whole nine, right? No, uh, but yeah, that's essentially how it <laughs> happened, and and it was uh, yeah, it was just a joke. But there were three of us in the beginning, and we had a few people come and go. But really, Mike and I have been like the two man team for the whole time. Uh, you know, with the last two standing anyway. So. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's great. And it's so convenient that he's here in Austin because while yeah. you can do a lot online, yeah. ultimately when you come together to record, you come here and you guys yeah. get a studio and you record, right? Yeah, for the most part. Um, I on, on our most recent record, I did some recording in Florida too. Oh, but okay. uh, the last couple records, um, when we've had a chance to work together, we actually work in Fort Worth. Oh, nice. Yeah. We had a studio up there we like to work at. So. Excellent. Excellent. But it's good when you come down here because our tacos are better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Jamie is famous for liking tacos. There are a lot of internet memes Yeah. among a group of maybe a couple hundred of us. But what? still, I mean, you know, there's a kind of a thing with Orthodox people where you can be famous in the Orthodox <laughs> world, right? I call it ortho-famous. Right, And right. ortho-famous is not really famous because we're kind of a small niche right. group. But it's kind of famous. Not even a small pond. It's more like a puddle. You know? <laughs> uh, but it never dries out. It's not a puddle because it doesn't dry out in the summer. That's fair. It's that's still fair. here in the summertime. The Lord keeps us hydrated. It's, you know? a, it's a very <laughs> small pond. <laughs> but it's fun. But so what we're going to do is we're going to go for a break. And when we come back, we're going to play a little bit of Jamie's music for you, nice. a little royal ruckus for you from his two albums that have been, I think, are they simultaneous release or were they just They both close? came out this year, January yeah. okay. and then a few days ago. Okay. All right. I was thinking it would be cooler if they were simultaneous. I just want, maybe you should try that. <laughs> just, I Next just time. have some really good ideas for you, Jamie. Two albums at once. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah, boy! Tonight, we are in the studio here in Texas. Both of us are in the studio, which is very exciting, uh, with Jamie Bennett. And Jamie is awesome. You may know him from Orthodox Hipster Comet Coffee Hour. It's called a comedy hour. It is kind of fun, it though. It kind of is. It's kind of comical sometimes. I wish it was always funny. Sometimes we right. get big debates going, and it's just painful. I just scroll through, go to the next post that's well, funnier. That's why you got to have a meme stash in your phone just yes. to lighten things up. That's right. That's right. And uh, definitely well-used memes in yeah, our, in our absolutely. group. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, so Jamie's here with us. Jamie is a, he's a rapper, so he has this, is it a band? What do you call that? A group? Yeah, probably group, but it's we say group. band too, whatever. You say band? Yeah. It's hip-hop band. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds funny. It does sound funny. Yeah. But so it's Royal <laughs> Ruckus. If you've ever heard of Royal Ruckus, this is Jamie from Royal Ruckus, Thank who you, also Jamie. I think has another name, possibly, is it Chunjoy? Ch- Chunjay. Chunjay. Yeah, yeah, that's my rapper name. Chun-Jay. My mistake, Chunjay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which... yeah. Which makes perfect sense. Jay for Jamie, <laughs> Chen Jay. Well, it, it, uh, my rapper name in high school was Cleva MC. God bless you. And <laughs> I got tired of people not pronouncing it right and calling me Cleva and stuff like that. So uh, a, a Korean friend had started calling me Chun Jay, which uh, I 
don't know for sure, but I swear all these years that it means clever man. Maybe one of our listeners knows Korean and can, uh, hopefully it's not a big joke. All these years, it's a joke on me. I kind (laughs) of hope it's an insult, to be honest, just because it makes a better story. It would make a great story. It would make a great story. Especially after 20 20 years. I don't even want to speculate. Uh, yeah, let's hope. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. If you are if you speak <laughs> Korean, feel free to let us know. Call yeah. Bobby at 1-855-AF-RADIO and let us know. <laughs> Pretty please. But uh, so we actually had Bobby queue up some songs so that we can play you a little bit of what Royal Ruckus is doing so that you can understand what the heck we're talking about. And uh, it's yeah. really cool. So you just released an album. Yes. On Door Mission. On Door Mission. That was on awesome. purpose. That's beautiful. Normally they put out records on Fridays. But uh, this record is named Unexpected Joy, which also is the name of an icon of the Theotokos in Christ. And so as we got closer and we were trying to pick out a release date, it seemed appropriate for me to dedicate it to her and to release it on her feast. That's so. beautiful. And it's Unexpected Joy because it came on yeah. Thursday. You thought it was coming on Friday. <laughs> exactly. Is. Now that's an Unexpected Joy. Exactly. For sure. Okay, <laughs> so that's excellent. So we have this one album, Unexpected Joy, just came out. Yeah. And the songs are really overtly Christian songs. Or, well, yes. Yes. they're overtly, would you say overtly Christian? Because I almost feel like they're about the journey and about the struggle. Yeah. Thinking about whether even there is a God and whether one should be religious and whether one can actually say that Christ is the son of God with any kind of certainty. Right. Yeah. And I I think that's like why I think it actually is my most Christian record that I've ever done is because I think real Christianity is a place of struggle and it's not simple. And so much that goes on as Christian pop is, uh, you know, me and Jesus, God is my boyfriend kind of thing. And that, that sort of thing doesn't resonate with me and doesn't, isn't true to my experience. Um, I, I've experienced a life where uh, not only is there struggle, but there's promise that God enters into that struggle with you. And so with this record, I wanted to try to capture those in you know, various experiences and sort of vignettes uh, so that you can understand this journey from abandonment to hope. And uh, I don't tell anybody to have hope, but, you know, I take you on a journey like a, like you would uh, reading a story, you know. That's beautiful. And I think that's, it is really true that so much of Christian music and uh, a lot of Christian writing, um, maybe not so much Orthodox music and Orthodox writing, but Orthodox, yeah. but, but sort of standard mainstream Christian stuff in the Christian yeah. stores in America. Right. It's very like... Oh, I'm so sure. I'm confident. I I love God with all my heart, and He's always rewarding me for it. And I can just imagine that there are a lot of people hearing that, and it just makes them feel like, "Gosh, maybe I'm maybe I'm not a good enough Christian. I'm not. This isn't for me." Well, I I think it encourages uh, uh, unintentionally, but I think it encourages people to want to hide their doubts. Mm -hmm. And if if God is real and if Christ is risen, then we have no doubts to be afraid of. You know, right. we can put them out there and we can wrestle with them um, in, in a healthy way. I mean, there are unhealthy ways to wrestle and struggle. Um, Always. And I, Always. I, I'm not one to pontificate on what that is because I'm, pro- you know, there's probably so much of me from one day to another that deals in unhealthy ways of accessing reality. But, at, you know, at the end of the day, it's ultimately, um, it comes down to Christ 
and and our relationship uh, with him. And so what I really wanted to capture with this record was that struggle where sometimes you don't know the answer, you know, and sometimes you are reaching out and asking God to show up and make himself known. And it's not always loud when he does so. Well, good. So we're going to play the first song from the album, Unexpected Ooh. Joy. This is called, it's a tough, it's a yeah, tough song, but I heavy. love it. It's very beautiful. It's called, There Is No God. Understood, bump that. We need your help right now. Maybe if you showed up, every knee would bow right here. On earth, like up in heaven. If you're giving us some lessons, why won't you answer questions? so powerful and so <laughs> amazing you. and you know the first when I, I i was like oh okay this is like the really christian album and <laughs> i click play and i listen i'm like jamie what are you doing but it really it's so yeah. honest and so beautiful yeah. and the truth is that even when we have deep and beautiful faith in god right. we definitely have these moments where you're just sitting there like gutted and just thinking where yeah. are you yeah. you know and, and 
you know, that for many of us, that ultimately turns into just like, Lord, come back quick, come, yeah. you know, bring that yeah. second coming. But especially, you know, at the beginning of the journey yeah. before you get to know God or I don't know, for, I feel like. We talk about it like, oh, young adults are going to struggle like that. Right. It's like, I don't know. I know 75-year-olds right. who are struggling like that. That's hard. Right. Yeah. I I think the longer you live, the more you're – I mean, it's just a fact. The longer you live, the more difficult things you're going to face. And how we face them, uh, you know, feeds into how we face the next thing. And and so every – you know, everything in front of us is, not, is an opportunity for growth, but it's not always easy to see that. And so I think sometimes it's helpful to just simply let people feel free to struggle and and acknowledge that their life is suffering. It's more than suffering, but it's not less than suffering. It's suffering for all of us to some extent, you know. That's right. And people's suffering will look different and you know, Absolutely. whatever your cross is, it's a different yeah. cross, right? But Absolutely. But whatever it is, it's never going to be easy. It really yeah. isn't. Yeah. Ah, well, that's beautiful. That's a hard song to hear in some ways, but it's really beautiful and yeah. just deeply honest. And I Thank love, you. I don't know any of the hip hop terminology. I, I could not <laughs> tell you, but the way that you've layered it in there with the holier you. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, then sometimes it's was... there is no God but you, right? Like the but you drops right. off a little bit and right. then it comes back. Oh, yeah, cool. that and and the music for that was put together by Mike from Royal Ruckus, and when he sent that to me actually a couple of years ago, and had no idea how perfect that song, uh, you know that that music was for what was inside of of me, and uh, that song actually is one of the few that I didn't just simply write and then record and it's done. Um, no, that that song got was written and rewritten over the course of two years. It was so, a struggle yeah, in itself. It really was. That's yeah, super yeah. appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> right. Fantastic. Thank you. Oh, that yeah. yeah, that is really beautiful. That's an amazing song. And so that's how the album begins. And as you said, as you're moving through, you know, there's yeah. this journey yeah. into hope. About halfway through, you have a ver well, I want to say first, I just have to mention this. There's a song. When you look at this album, <laughs> it's like, oh, featuring Jordan Peterson. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And it's, tell me something about that song. Yeah. So I, I, I have two songs on there that would be, sometimes people call this a meaning wave, I think was a term coined by a musician named Cure the Dawn. And uh, anyway, the idea is where you take uh, lectures or some other very insightful things and you put them to uh lo-fi beats or hip-hop beats or whatever it may be this is actually kind of a tried and true thing that hip-hop has done for years but it's kind of emerging as like more than just an interlude i think it used to be people just treated that stuff as like here's filler okay but now i think artists are becoming more deliberate with it and i felt like with this song it needed or with this record it needed a little less rapping and a little more exposition and so I, I dug into a couple Jordan Peterson interviews as well as a David Bentley Hart interview and uh, extracted some things that I thought would be appropriate to telling uh, a story. Yeah. And that sense. story of struggling with, yes. with God, trying to figure out how to experience God, how yes. to reach out for him and to know yeah. whether he's answering. Exactly. I, it's, exactly. It's very, it's really neat. It's really, and of course I don't know a lot so i have no idea about this <laughs> it's like i've listened to him like wow this is so cool jamie yeah, you've invented yeah. something amazing <laughs> it really it was very very cool now you also have a song that is a 
would you say a remix of Christos Anesti? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess it is a Christos Anesti <laughs> remix. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's so cool. I love Christos Anesti, and I'm like a connoisseur <laughs> of various different. I and mean, we all love Christos yeah. Anesti, right? Yeah. Christ is risen from right. the, the Paschal hymn, but uh, or the Troparion, right. whatever. And uh, sorry, not whatever. I just don't know anything about right, music, right. so. <laughs> I, I throw these things around like, I don't know what that means. You know, I'm sure there's a choir director out there like, don't whatever, the Traparion. Well, it, that'll have to be a future episode. Have a choir dr- right. director on to clarify those yeah, things. Yeah, and maybe you know? to lecture me a little bit about, about my attitude. But, uh, Bobby, would you play Christos Anesti for us? That is so great. Thank you. I love that. Like a connoisseur of different Christus prisons, right? Like they have the African ones that you can right. find on YouTube. And that is so nice. Yeah. For the record, I'm not I'm not uh, suggesting that we start putting hip hop beats on in church or anything. But... Really? Because I thought that was I thought that's the whole deal here. That's no, why I had you no, on. No. We're going to get the controversy going. Like no, we're going right go past that, instruments right? straight to the keyboard. <laughs> Break fat break beats in church. No, not doing that. <laughs> no, it's not for liturgical use. Right. But perhaps right. at home, perhaps when you're yeah. just feeling the joy of Pascha, it's nice to yeah. uh, to hear. Or I can feel like I could hear, I can imagine grandparents in the audience thinking like, I'm going to get my kid this album sure. because I'm so tired of these grandkids <laughs> listening to rap music. At least they could listen to a little Christos Anesti. Sure. But uh, <laughs> I like that very much. It's well, really It's really beautiful. And it's interesting, you kind of loop the... You don't finish it each time, right? What, right, right. What made you decide to do that? Well, so uh, so this was this beat was produced by Mike, so that's more of a question for him. Okay. Uh, but I I think the idea was really more just musical formatting, and yeah. and it worked best with the beat that way. Yeah. Um, and that well, and one it works well. Yeah, yeah, and that, and and that song I think really. Um, you know, if somebody listens to the record from start to finish, and it's short, it's a short record. This is an EP. It's only like 18 minutes. Um, but that is like the moment where hope starts to come back, right? So it's it's really crucial. And I felt comfortable because of the way the record was written. I felt comfortable 
drawing on the liturgical tradition without mm -hmm. imagining that I'm offering anything to the liturgical tradition, but drawing right. off of it for my popular uh, type art. So, right. Absolutely. Well, and it is, it, I, I love that that you draw from the liturgical right at that moment, because that's the moment where it's like, okay, we've had all this intellectual, we've had this emotional struggle. We've yeah, had some intellectual yeah. food about whether or not there is a God, whether it makes sense to believe in a God. Yeah, yeah. You're, make, you're going through this journey. Yeah. It's in the liturgy and really it's in the resurrection. It's in Pascha right, when it all comes together. Yeah. And then you finish with a, with a great song called He Spread His Arms, which I think is really yeah. overtly like Christian Holy yeah. Christian yeah, rap, yeah. and yeah. it's it's great. So yeah. let's hear that one. He spread his arms. Out in the open field, bright spring day brings life from common hills. Of such is the kingdom, of such is the Christ, of such is the way to abundant life. Life isn't simple, life is complex, life isn't captured in a single mic check. But it's seen in the blooms that grow on the trees, and it's seen in the blossoms that fall with the leaves. The tree is left empty, barren, and still. Becomes wood that is used to kill. Third day comes and he opens our eyes. What was once that becomes resurrected life. Everybody put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together. Look up from the ground to the sky. Jesus Christ spread his arms and died. Everybody put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together. Look up from the ground to the sky. Jesus Christ spread his arms and died. Jesus Christ spread his arms and died. There's a bit more of that Water of life makes a man relax Weight of the world I find on my back And then I find a light yoke has been attached Hurt my true love and I hurt my mom Hurt my dad and friends but the love's not gone Hurt a lot of people and truth be told We have empty hands but God gave cold Now I'm trying to hold under flickers of light the candle of the presence signifies my flight. So I walk by faith and not by sight. I've been set free from Egypt and enslaved plight. Everybody put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together. Look up from the ground to the sky. Jesus Christ spread his arms and died. Jesus Christ spread his arms and died. Once upon a time I had some broken hearts And once upon a time God gave a new start Speak the word only and my soul shall be healed Christ spoke the word and promise fulfilled There's a lot of things that I'd like to see A unified church where Christ reigns supreme I'd like to see the roadside where my father died Like to understand the anguish when my mother cried Like to know the joy of a baby on my lap I'd like to make some money from this kingdom of rap I'd like to put a ring on a finger that'll say And I'd like to know Christ at the last day Put your hands together, put your hands together. Look up from the ground to the sky. 
He spread his arms by Royal Ruckus from the Unexpected Joy EP. That is that is really cool. I like that. Did you know you were going to be a disc jockey? I know this is very exciting, right? People are like, I thought we were on the talk channel right, right? now. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, I think uh, I think that's just a great song, and that's how the, the album comes together at the end. Is just yeah. this sort of joyful recitation of kind of the beauty of the fact that Christ died for us. And, and yeah. it's so joyful. It's so appropriate. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, and a, a little fun backstory on that is that that is actually the oldest song on the record. It was recently remixed, uh, but that song was written 15 years ago. And when we decided to remix it, give it its due and put it out, that was actually the initial unexpected joy of this record. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah. So you, wow, that's interesting. Ended up interesting. creating this whole record around that song, actually. So, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That is really interesting. So Unexpected Joy, Royal Ruckus, where do people find that if they wanted to hear that again? Yeah, so it's on all the things. So on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, all that stuff. Uh, we've also got a bunch of music videos and things on our YouTube channel and we're on the Instagrams and all the things. So. Excellent. And I'm going to yeah. put up some links on the Everyday Orthodox Facebook page nice. so that people can find it because uh, I, I have a feeling people will want to find it. This might be the only way to get hip hop onto Ancient Faith Radio <laughs> is to come on my show and we'll just start playing it. Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know that we can play it on the music channel because it's right. really, it's... there's not enough Orthodox hip hop to have right. an Orthodox hip hop right. station. We don't and it would, that, really. I think, really throw people if it was like, and here is, you know, St. Vladimir's <laughs> choir singing for you the liturgy right. and then all of a sudden it's like jesus wicked, Christ. wicked wicked <laughs> yeah yeah we yeah. don't need to do that exactly <laughs> exactly but uh so so tell me um this just came out on the 15th yes but you had another album that also came out earlier yeah. this year i mean you've had a lot of albums how many albums have you released total uh i'm i'm not sure but i can say that i think we have eight releases um on itunes so Okay. So that'll work. Yeah, Eight. that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're doing a series right now of EPs where we're partnering up with other artists uh, for projects that are a little different, and this is part of that whole thing. So there was the first one, the world's okayest rapper. Then yes. the next one is a royalty check that came out in January, and then yes. now unexpected joy. Okay. All right, and they're all good. They're Thank all you. good. And they're all different. They're, they're all very different. different. Yeah. I love royalty check. It's Thank maybe, <laughs> I really love Unexpected Joy, but Royalty Check might be my favorite. I think because it's kind it's, of like old school. It's kind of old it's fashioned. party jams. Right? You know? Am I crazy or is it kind of, does it sound like the 90s to me? Yeah. I mean, I pretty much self-consciously do try to pay tribute to the hip hop of the 90s, what they call the golden era. Yeah. Um, it was just so good. Yeah, you know? it was. And I was in college and I was listening to like, I don't know. I mean, I was listening to you and I was thinking to, to the yeah. Royalty Check album. And I was thinking like, why am I thinking about De La Soul right now? Like, right, right. You know, it was just, right. it was so fun. I, yeah. I love it. Bobby, is there any chance that you can play like just the first minute for us of You Know Who I Am? So don't flake a flam like you don't know who I am. So don't flake a flam like you don't know who I am. Some they qualified to grow. Yeah. 
So I worked with a producer in Fort Worth named DJ Sean P. And I approached him with the idea. He had done some mixing and mastering and engineering for us before. And so I approached him with this idea of let's do this record. Here's what I'm thinking about. I was thinking about high school reunions. I was thinking about uh, going back to Bakersfield to visit. And uh, he helped me catch the, you know, really take that vision and run with it. And that's one of the reasons why it has such a throwback feel to the 90s. I mean, that was intentional. It's so, so good. It's so great. Thank you. I love it. It is so much fun. And on this album, you also did a cover of Jump Around. You did yeah. an instrumental. Yeah. That was that was so fun. And and the neat thing about that cover is uh there are no music samples at all. We recreated that well, DJ Sean P recreated right. that that music from the ground up and and put a new twist on it. And it was so much fun to do. Oh, it's super fun yeah. to listen to. It's really fun. Because <laughs> it's different, but it's the same. Like it's yeah, just, yeah. it's yeah. great. And we and we turned it into a two-man rap going back and forth, more like the Beastie Boys would have done, you know, jumping yes. around and uh, well, yeah. my goodness, jumping around. That's Jump what up. we were doing. Right. Appropriately, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I love the new albums. I love both of them. Thank you. And I think they're just so cool. And I think it's interesting, too. I, maybe a lot of people may not realize that there yeah. is any and that there is any Orthodox rapper out there making music. And it's not always specifically Orthodox music, right. Right. but it's always music made by an Orthodox person. And it's, uh, yeah. and I think, and Mike, is Mike Catholic or is he non denominational? No, What's so Mike doing? Yeah, we grew up in the same. Uh, same church. We actually he joined the Anglican Church with me for a while. Okay. Uh, beyond that, he's not Orthodox, and right, you know, right. beyond that, his faith stories, his right, exactly. You know, but I mean, it's interesting to when I'm listening to some of your songs that aren't overtly faithful. Right, I can hear that influence in it right. here and there, or like some of the phrasing, and it just yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's a neat. It's a nice well, joy. It's a nice little and thing we, to hear. We've got a lot of love and mutual respect for each other mm-hmm. in such a way that. Uh, there will probably never, ever be any issues in that regard because we yeah. just super respect each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not like, as you said, you're not trying to contribute to the liturgical tradition. Right. Yeah. You're writing hip hop. Exactly. And it's supposed to exactly. be fun and it's supposed to be thought provoking. It's supposed yeah. to be interesting. Yeah. And that's what it is. And it's yeah. all of those things. I think it's well, thank you. congratulations on this 
these both of these latest albums, but especially Unexpected Joy. Thank it's you. really a special thing. It's really neat. And I just want to clarify, we didn't play the whole thing. Like right. It's a short EP, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's 18 minutes. We only got about maybe five minutes of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, it's fantastic. Every minute of it is worth people's time. Jamie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on yeah. the program. This it's is been great. Awesome. And thank you guys for listening, for joining us tonight on Everyday Orthodox. We'll be back next Sunday with another really interesting guest. See you then. We hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, as of course, you can always find us on Instagram at Bruised Beards. Um, you can find myself at Nomadic Vagabond on Instagram and of course Royal Ruckus Official on Instagram. Is there anything else you would like to plug? Yeah, I definitely want to say if anybody is interested in what I'm up to with the new music, please visit buymeacoffee.com slash Royal Ruckus. I got a new single and a video dropping as, as we've mentioned, but uh, please check it out. And if you don't mind, send us a little tip so we can buy a coffee. Also, a fun fact that you may not know of, if you go to brewsbeards.com, you can actually find a list of every episode we've ever put out. And that is one possible way that you can find the episode uh, that we did with Alyssa back in November 2019. Uh, uh, Alisa, sorry, I keep doing that. Bielitich. <laughs> you get the last name. I always screw up the first name. Um, yeah. I hate when I do that. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. I don't care. We're at the end of the episode. I just, I just love you. I love you and you and you and you and you. Good night, everybody. God bless. Thank you for listening. Please visit royalruckus.com and follow us on Instagram or YouTube. I'm sorry. I think we've got a little bit of a delay. I think our users are probably users. Our listeners are probably used to <laughs> used to our our uh, technical difficulties by now.